Welcome back to Bible Love and happy Feast of Thanksgiving. I hope uh, we do a Thanksgiving Eve service. So we had that last night. It was wonderful as always. And so I hope if you're, maybe you're listening to this podcast to get away from family. I know how that goes. <laughs> I think like one of the busiest movie days of the year is Thanksgiving Day. Huh, right? Yeah, because right, you get enough of like that uncle or that aunt or whoever, and you and your cousins all sneak uh-huh. off to the movie theater. Yeah. Or maybe you're sitting around the table you finished a great meal and your whole family is listening to Mary Balfour and Alan talk about Jeremiah. Wouldn't that be awesome? I think that's very Norman Rockwell-ish to me. I think folks should do that next year. um, Uh, Well, speaking of movies, if um, anybody has, is trying to go to the movies, I took, um, or not just me, oh gosh, The Road to Bethlehem. Is that the name of it? That just came out um, yesterday. Uh, it's a new movie. I want, oh gosh, I should have had this already for y'all. Um, I took my youth group and it was um, so good. It's a musical around the story of uh, Jesus's birth, which some people might be like a musical, but you know, we got to have an entertaining source to us but it was just really good it brought the story to life it's for kids it's for youth it's for adults oh journey to bethlehem Bethlehem. thank you yeah i'll link to it i haven't heard about this in it he plays gabriel if you like lecrae's music he's awesome um and i just thought it was very i mean you know it's wonderful to see different interpretations and entertainment and I mean, I hope that a bunch of Christians aren't there out there going, this is so hokey, but I, I thought it was great and wonderful entertainment. And who doesn't need to learn the story of Jesus in a different way? Yeah, so. this is, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll link to the show notes. Hopefully uh, you have your Thanksgiving movie you're going to go see. And I'll see about getting my youth group to go see it. That's awesome. It was great. So, right, yeah. Feast, yeah, we have the Colic for Thanksgiving, which is an actual feast day in the Episcopal Church. Uh, And so let us pray. Almighty and gracious Father, we give you thanks for the fruits of the earth and their season and for the labors of those who harvest them. Make us, we pray, faithful stewards of your great bounty for the provision of our necessities and the relief of all who are in need. To the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So if you've just finished your pumpkin pie or your fudge pie or whatever, and you're like, and all that turkey's sitting in your stomach and you're thinking, gosh, I want to take a nap, but I need to listen to something to kind of help me take a nap and get ready. (laughs) Maybe this is the podcast for you. Turn on, fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But I don't know how you could fall asleep, though, with the end of Jeremiah. So today... We're talking about Jeremiah 26 through 52. And as often that is happens in the Bible, there's war. That keeps happening. As I said to Alan, what's new? <laughs> but also Jeremiah is brought to trial for God's 
people, but there's also this very famous part of Jeremiah that we all know that Alan and I thought we would um, spend a little time on. So take it away. Yeah. So Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know. For surely I know the plans for you, the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Okay, so I'm going to read it from Grandmother's Bible just to get a different interpretation, but it's very the same thing. And of course, Grandmother has it underlined. I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. So in both versions, that word hope is there. Um, And what I like even more than that, just that one, if you keep going, then you will call to me. You will come and pray to me and I will answer you. You will seek me and you will find me because you will seek me with all your heart. That word seek, I love so much because in our journey of life, in our journey with God and our journey with Jesus, like I am always seeking more Christians, parishioners, anyone, we're always seeking more. And we seem to want to seek, you know, finances or a beautiful house or a new car or whatever. And what if we are just seeking more of the Lord? You know, that's what I always kind of think about. And especially on this day of Thanksgiving, like we just have so much to be grateful for. And all of that is because of God. And I think we forget that sometimes, you know? Yeah. You know, this, this verse is, it's beautiful and a, a lovely sentiment. It's very reassuring. Also very easy to be uh, taken way out of context. Oh, I know. So here comes the cynical guy coming. You know? Yeah. So the cynical guy, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, uh, plans to prosper you. What does that mean? Right? Like, you know, prosperity gospel is a real issue and right. um, they find it here. Sometimes, right? They they leave off the other parts about seeking you, but even there, um, right? This is not a one to one relationship. It's not our seeking that then leads to to prosperity, right? Um, because there's a lot of people that seek and they're not prospering too much in the way that the world thinks, right? Um, and so, how do we read this in a way that's like? Yeah, God knows the plan he has for us. Sometimes that plan seems like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And we just want to dig into that, right? We're like, why did you do that to me, God? Yeah, because we think, right? Like, um, why do we think God has a hand in that? Like when things bad are happening, sometimes... A lot of people don't, but sometimes people are like, you know, God's punishing me for whatever, you know? Yeah. No, like that's not how this works. Sometimes there's consequences to our actions, um, but that's not God punishing us. Also, like on the flip side, what it, what does it mean for, for us to, to prosper? prosper? And yeah. is God doing that? Yeah. And I think that's what I was trying to like relate back to. I think in our minds, we think prosper is a new house or the best education or, you know, um, 
making all the money in the world or whatever. But is that really prospering? And I think that people misuse the verse in that where they say, well, God gave me prosperous because I have all the things I need. You know, I've I've achieved life, um, you know, on the Fortune 500 list, you know, whatever. But I think some of the best people that I know that have prospered in life are not the rich people. <laughs> they're they're the ones that have this deep, intimate relationship with God. Those are the ones that have prospered. Um, and and I think we can just be so blinded by that. We can be so blinded by judging people by what we see on the outside and think, well, they must not be prospering, you know, um, because they don't have all the things we have or they're homeless or they're what, whatever they're poor, they smell, you know, all of those things. And, and I think that um, remembering that prosperous is not the work, what we think it is. It's not a word we think like stuff. Is that the important thing? You know? Yeah. I mean, it goes on after in this section, um, says, I will bring you back from the place which I sent you into exile. And so here, prospering's not, prospering's kind of like getting back to, to zero. Yeah. Right? It's, because we talked last week and you talked with Tony, like, there, Jeremiah has highs and lows. Like, lots of bad things happen. There's things in here called books of consolation, where, like, there's consolation happening because life really sucks. Yeah. Um, and so they're coming back from exile. And that is prospering, just getting out of exile. It's not the house and the car and the white picket fence and all of that. It's, it's the restoration. It's the relation, you know, yeah. the relationship. You know, this makes me think of kind of my own story a little bit. And I'm sure I've said this before, but, you know, I, when I was in the eighth grade, my dad decided to go to seminary and my dad was a cotton farmer and, did well. And, you know, we had everything we needed. And then I go to high school and my dad is in seminary and my mom is having to work and we didn't have anything. I mean, I remember my dad like bought these laundry mats so that we could just like have some kind of income. Right. But like when I think, and, and it was a really hard time in my life and all that. But when I think back on it, like, I feel like that's some of the most prosperous time was when we didn't have anything because what we did have was God. And we knew we were supporting dad in this huge undertaking that he was doing, you know? Um, and, you know, when I went to seminary, my experience was a little different. You know, I, I was single and I, I didn't have children and, I had, I fortunately was sponsored by a church that just like made sure I had everything I needed. But it's sometimes in those times of life that feel like not full of riches or empty or not as prosperous are actually some of the best times of my life because I had to depend on God. And even right now um, with my husband having all this um, pain that he's dealing with, I've talked about this a little bit because of the car wreck. I mean, it is really, really hard, but it is like brought us so much closer to God because that is literally all we have right now to heal him. They're like, there's just not a lot of other things out there other than our faith in God. We don't have any choice, you know? And so I feel for people when they're going through hard times, but I can promise you 
the people that have gone through cancer, the people that have gone through death, all of those things, they years later can look at that and be like, I am closer to God because of that. Yeah, I think about, yeah, you know, we move on to, in that vein, chapter 31, uh, verse 15. Uh, Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. I mean, think about the verses in Scripture where, like, the human condition is just utterly laid bare. This is one of them, like Rachel weeping over her children. Like you can just imagine. Um, But then there's this hope if you keep going. Yeah, but then it turns. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what so much of the Bible is is so interesting, that ups and the downs and the wars and the hope and God has never left us. And and I think that's why we can like relate to it so much. Because isn't that what our lives look like? Yeah, and here, like the... You know, Jeremiah, it's not just all prosperity gospel, you know, name it and claim it stuff. He's he's real. He's like a voice is heard in Ramah. Rachel's weeping for her children. These children are no more like this isn't being undone. Right. This pain is real. This pain hurts. This situation is. Is there, but. And he has to keep dealing with all these different kings, too, as you go through life. It keeps going, and all these kings are people that want to be pos- prosperous and riches and and land and you know all of that. And he like actually is this faithful servant through. I think it's like five different kings. Um, yeah. Let me go back and count. Um, but it's a bunch, and he stays faithful to it all. You know, um, even <laughs> even when it's kind of like I was talking about uh, last week about uh, Donna. Um, being 40 years in ministry at the church, she's been through five rectors. <laughs> she's been faithful through it all. So this has, let's see, um, one, two, three, four different kings that he um, stays faithful with, even though there's like hardship and even though he doesn't like them and they want to kill him and they want to put him on trial and um, there's all these wars and all that, but he stays with it. Um, I think that's a huge um, part of Jeremiah is that he's faithful to it all. When he could have been like, dude, I'm out. I'm no new Moses. I'm done. In the midst of all of that, he's faithful because God is reassuring him that there is hope. Yes. Thank you for that. God never, ever leaves him. So a lot of Jeremiah, this end of Jeremiah is working through all these different kings and wars and God and Jeremiah's faithfulness through this. Um, I'm not saying they're not important. I'm just giving you an overview of what a a lot of it is that we see, Um, you know, 25 chapters basically of that. Um, But in the end, um, you know, we hear about the fate, we hear about how, how God will, help and support and never leave. Um, And this bad thing happens at the very end. You know, Jerusalem falls, the temple falls, and it ends kind of not on hope. I mean, they're taken away to Babylon and, you know, sitting there thinking, "What, what happens? What do we do next? You know, which is sort of interesting to me that it's not all wrapped up in this like beautiful package, right? 
which this wouldn't be a great movie because people would leave there feeling dejected. But we exactly. we have right, you know, people plaster Jeremiah twenty nine eleven all over their house. For I know the plans I have for you. This is great. We think everything's going to be sunshine and roses. The same book that has that in there, it ends with the end of their world. Yeah, that's really an interesting point. You know, Um, it makes me think of like, I mean, this is a terrible comparison, but you know, like Instagram worthy, like, you know how we put things on Instagram that are like, good and awesome. And I actually like have been in several conversations with people about this lately, admitting that I'm admitting it. Like we put the good things on there, um, but not the pain and the hurt and the, and why are we so afraid of that? You know, because it's right here in the Bible, like, yeah, there's all this good stuff, but there's also like a lot of bad stuff and God is truthful. God is honest. Um, and we love to like, just cherry pick the parts we love or put the stuff on Instagram that we love, but we don't talk about the marriages that are failing or the dying of parents or the dying of a dog. I mean, like everyday life, these things that are just such heartache, you know, um, I have been accused of being an oversharer, you know, like I don't want to hear people don't want me to talk about Murray's pain or, you know, this or that. They only want to hear good, happy things from me, but I don't feel like that's life. And I don't think that's how the Bible is. And so I'm really grateful for the truthfulness of the Bible. You know, you think, you know, to stick on Instagram, like the hashtag blessed, right? It's always people who are like in Cabo or fancy vacations, hashtag blessed. Yeah, you're These so people, <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, they're blessed. I know the plans for you, right? Uh, these folks who are going into exile, right? This is the end of their world as they know it. They're still blessed. God still has a plan for them. God still has knows their hope for the future, right? Why, why are we so reluctant to to do to say, yeah, life sucks, but we're still blessed. Yeah, but why why are we so why can't we be honest and in that still say we're blessed? You know, yeah. and I think that's an important thing to talk about on Thanksgiving. You know, because yeah, you might be tired of great aunt, whatever, sitting there and talking about it. But at least you have great aunt, whoever, you know, at least you're able to be, there is so much blessing in all of that. Um, I, I think we, I don't know. I think there's a way to be truthful, to say that life is hard, but that God is always with us in that. You know, yeah. we talked about it a little bit earlier, like I have watched and you have watched people go through incredibly hard and devastating things. But I can almost guarantee that all of them have seen God's blessing on the other side of it and can talk about that now. And it makes them want to go and do for others. Like some of the best people on my pastoral care team are people that have been in the ditches because they know what it feels like to be loved by God in deep pain. And they want to show that to somebody else. You know, that's a blessing. Not being afraid of that, but to want to give that back to other people. You know, so I think let's be truthful. Let's be honest. The Bible is. Why shouldn't we, you know, 
Any other thoughts about Jeremiah that we've just got to get out? I don't think so. I mean, this is, again, hard re- words in it too, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. We skipped over a bunch of it because I don't know how to pronounce half these things. Like none of these Kings I can pronounce. None of the, none of it. Um, right, my favorite one. Evil matter. became the King of Babylon. Yeah. The name started with evil. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're like jumping cars, you know, evil can evil. That's pretty awesome. But his name is Evil Mekarodaka. I mean, he's sure. for failure, that poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alan, I hope it has been a glorious Thanksgiving for you. Um, I am so blessed to be with my husband and my parents um, and the people of Church of the Resurrection. Um, we do a Thanksgiving Day run to raise um, money for um, the needy in our community. And it's just awesome way to start Thanksgiving and watching all those people run early in the morning, all to give back. Um, What a better way we call it the um, race to be thankful. And there is so much to be thankful in. So Alan, I count you as one of my many people that I am thankful for in my life. Bible love listeners. We are thankful for you. And remember as always, We love you, but most importantly, God does.